You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Thursday, December the 16th of 2021. My name is Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today and each and every day that you tuned in. As I mentioned on the previous episode, we'll be talking about the Rule 5 draft today as uh, the, the Major League portion of the Rule 5 draft was paused and put on hold because of the obvious Major League lockout, uh, but the Minor League portion of the Rule 5 draft was completed. The Cardinals did lose a player, but they gained three in the Rule 5 draft, so we'll talk about all three of those players. As my light just went out, I apologize for that, but we're still going to keep on rolling here. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, we should have no problems. But if you're watching on YouTube, apologize for the light that just went out there. Hopefully it kicks back on. It is plugged in, but we'll roll on here nonetheless. Uh, so we're talking about that as well as an updated look at the prospect rankings and what certain prospects could make a difference in 2022 because I do think that there are some prospects that could make a difference and could make an impact on the 2022 Major League roster. So we'll get to those as well, as well as talk about Mike Schilt. A couple days ago reported that he has a new job. So we'll talk about all that coming up on today's episode. Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to go ahead and get right into it. The Cardinals did lose one player in the Rule 5 draft. We're going to start with the... Rule 5 draft update before we get into anything else. So the player that the Cardinals lost in the minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft, because again, the major league portion of that draft was suspended, pushed to a later date because of the lockout. But Moises Castillo was picked up by the Chicago White Sox. Uh, shortstop, second baseman, and third baseman. Um, Castillo spent, uh, has so far, uh, was a Cardinal before this, obviously, has been a Cardinal since 2016. Uh, so five seasons across the minor leagues, two 39, the batting average, 329 the on-base, 327 the slugging percentage. Uh, the highest level he had achieved was double-A, uh, playing 19 games for Springfield here in the most recent 2021. Wasn't that great. Put up an on-base percentage of just 246 in 19 games. Did not hit a home run, drove in one, struck out 16 times, and a batting average of 132. So Castillo... You know, maybe the White Sox have a little bit more room for him, but the Cardinals definitely did not lose a top prospect in that manner. Cardinals didn't really lose um, much. That was the only player they lost. When you're looking at the players they gained, and again, the players that they gained out of, out of the Rule 5 draft this season might not have much of an impact in their major league careers because their career minor leaguers, the, the major league portion of the draft hasn't happened yet. So these names, none of these names are names that you're going to recognize. And if you do, props to you. But I didn't recognize any of them when I, you know, re researching and writing up this show. So the first one um, that, that I'll talk about is Nefri or Nelfri Contreras. Excuse me. Uh, he spent parts of the last four seasons uh, with the Dodgers organization, um, rookie ball, um, frontier league ball, um, winter ball. Not not a lot of experience really over the last four seasons 139 and two-thirds of an innings pitched uh, four starts 83 overall games for him pretty you know okay number fourth one nine era uh zra plus uh, not calculated excuse me his whip of 1.5 was a little high uh so nelfri Contreras, a pitcher that could add a little bit of depth in the minor leagues but again the highest he's achieved is rookie ball so not super high um the the next player that i will talk about carlos uh 
excuse me, my computer just glitched out there from Carlos Garate. Um, he has played parts of seasons in 2017 with, with the Padres organization. Highest he has made was high A. Uh, also a pitcher, a 4-3-3 ERA for him. Career, 174 and two-thirds of an innings pitched. Uh, coming off an okay season at A-ball in 2021, uh, he pitched 13 games, just eight starts, 4.94 ERA. He was 2-2, two and two, had an ERA, or a whip, excuse me, of 1.2. So Gorate, eh, you know, most of these guys aren't going to make an impact, as I mentioned. But it is worth talking about, and it is news to share. Uh, the other player that the Cardinals picked up, Ben Deluzio, uh, he's an, actually an offensive player, and he has been playing parts of season since 2008. And, excuse me, he, he went to uh, Florida State, um, so he's been playing professional baseball since 2015. Um, not, not terrible overall when you, when you look at his minor league career. 368 games at the minor league level, batting average of 294, slugging percentage of 407. He has nine home runs, but 118 RBI driven in over five minor league seasons. Highest he has achieved is AAA, playing for the AAA team with Arizona the last couple of years. Uh, for AAA in 2021, a 271 batting average, 392 on base, and a 548 slugging percentage. So Ben Deluzio is really, in my opinion, the, the best name that the Cardinals picked up during the Rule 5 draft. And with it being just a complete minor league portion, you didn't expect a lot of names to be picked up. Um, but those are the three names the Cardinals picked up, and again, they did lose one player as well. The Rule 5 draft, to me, is very interesting because when you look at the Rule 5 draft, you could get some no-name players like that, but you also have the opportunity, especially once the Major League portion comes around, um, of of big names being picked up because I was looking at two articles before we move on to the Cardinal prospects. I was looking at two articles just to say, here are the, the, the biggest names um, of, the, of the Rule 5 draft. These are according to uh, Franchise Sports, an article released a couple weeks ago by Steve Wright, the greatest Rule 5 draft picks of all time. These these five names are Rule 5 draft picks. Shane Victorino, World Series champion. Jose Bautista, he once hit 50 home runs in a season. Josh Hamilton, monster home run hitter at the top of his game. Johan Santana, author of a no-hitter. A controversial no-hitter against the Cardinals, but a no-hitter nonetheless and a solid left-handed pitcher. And Roberto, Roberto Clemente. That's right, Roberto Clemente, Mr. 3000, one of the greatest players of all time, top pirate of all time, was a Rule 5 draft pick. So those are pretty solid names when you're looking at Rule 5 picks. So you have the opportunity here to get some pretty solid players. And when you look at more recent, uh, there was an article in Forbes that was released uh, a couple years ago. Just recent Rule 5 draft picks. Here are the 10 names they came up with. Shane Victorino also graced that list. Hector Rondon, former Cub on that list. Marwan Gonzalez, Abdul Herrera, George Bell recently, Joaquim Soria, Dan Ugla, Josh Hamilton at the top of their list was Johan Santana. So again, the opportunity is there. Maybe the Cardinals do find a franchise player out of those Rule 5 draft picks that they selected. However, the likelihood of that is low. The likelihood of a Cardinal prospect that is currently in their system of being a star is high when you look at their top three picks. Uh, Baseball America has a new top prospect for the St. Louis Cardinals. We will reveal that next as well as break down the rest of the top prospects for the St. Louis Cardinals coming up in just a moment. 
But first, I want to tell you about a great new product that is called Stance. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. And they have a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborations for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Everything you wear should be an extension of yourself. So go with Stance because they help you find who you are and how you feel. They have some incredible design partners, including The Office, Harry Potter, Disney, Marvel, Major League Baseball, NBA, Pixar, and more. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than just fitting in. So stand out because those that feel good do good. Don't just take my word for it. Go see for yourself. Register an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first order. With the promo code LOCKED ON. L O C K E D O N. LOCKED ON gets you a 15% discount off of your purchase. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Cardinal top prospect. If you look at different lists, different organizations, they have some different players on there. Um, the, the, the top couple don't vary that much. But Baseball America came out with their new rankings, and Jordan Walker graced the top of that list. Jordan Walker, according to MLB.com, is still listed as the third highest prospect in the Cardinals system um, with an ETA of 2024. Jordan Walker is an interesting case because he's listed as a third baseman. And you would think the Cardinals have a log jam coming up at third base. You've got Nolan Arenado there. You've got Nolan Gorman seemingly ready to make an impact. And then you've got good old Jordan Walker. However, I do think Jordan Walker is extremely valuable for, for many, many reasons. And Jordan Walker also has shown the ability to play for a little bit of first base. And I know you're going to say, well, the Cardinals have Paul Goldschmidt standing at first base. So what do you need him for? Um, but Goldschmidt and Arenado are getting up there. And you also have the extreme likelihood of a National League designated hitter coming very, very soon. So that is also something to keep in mind when you look at these prospects. And also when you look at Nolan Gorman, he transitioned to second base, or at least has the ability now to play second base when you look at who, um, well, I'm sorry, when, when the Cardinals got Nolan Arenado, Nolan Gorman then realized, okay, I'm probably not going to play third base full-time in two seasons. I'm probably going to have to learn a different position. So he picked up second base. And him playing, being able to play multiple positions is key when you're a young player looking for playing time. And that's exactly what Nolan Gorman was able to do and pick up some impressive skills. He, you know, from, what, from what I've read, from what I've seen, and the reports that have been out there, he seemed to be picking it up very well. And Nolan Gorman... While he did struggle a little bit at the AAA level, picked it up overall. And at the AAA level, at the end of the day, over 76 games at Memphis, he hit 274. He had 14 home runs, 14 doubles, drove in 48, walked 20 times, struck out 63, uh, had a 320 on base percentage and a 465 slugging. This is after slugging 508 at the AA level. So Nolan Gorman has the potential to, to have some pop and some power. But I'm interested in seeing... Jordan Walker's numbers. And I, I was interested in seeing those numbers because he's a top prospect playing for Peoria at the high A level right now. And he put up some pretty solid numbers in his first year in Pro Bowl. Um, first off at Palm Beach in just 27 games, hit 374, had an on base of 475, and a slugging percentage of 687. That is ridiculous. I don't care what league you're in little league, high school, college, minors. 
A 687 slugging percentage is out of this world. 11 doubles, 6 home runs, 21 runs driven in. He was then called up to Peoria, high A ball. He played 55 games there in 2021 and still impressed. 292 the batting average. He had a 344 on base, a 487 slugging percentage. 487 is also good no matter what league you're playing in. That's an incredible slugging percentage. He had 14 doubles, 3 triples, 8 home runs. Drove in 27 overall for the season across the two leagues. 82 games, 317 the batting average. Hit 14 home runs, 25 doubles, 103 hits in 325 at bats. A 388 on base and a 548 slugging percentage. Jordan Walker, by all accounts, by all reports, by all the stats, by everything, all the the bios, the the grading system that they have on prospects, is ready. No, not ready. I'm sorry, is legit. Again, the difference between high A ball and Major League Baseball is very large. I recognize that. I acknowledge that. I admit that. I I agree with that statement. And I'm not saying Jordan Walker is going to make an impact in 2022. I'll get to those points coming up here in just a moment. But I think Jordan Walker is somebody that everybody needs to keep their eye on. Because as Nolan Arenado ages a little bit, maybe wants to play full-time DH, um, Later in his career, I'm not saying soon, but later in his career, Jordan Walker could be the guy that could be the next third baseman of the future for St. Louis. Or maybe Goldschmidt is ready to age out a little bit sooner than Nolan Arenado. Great. Jordan Walker goes over to play first base. But Jordan Walker was the guy that the Cardinals drafted out of high school because of the extremely high upside. Because Jordan Walker is still extremely young. This was a huge reason as to why they got him. Jordan Walker is just 19 years of age. 19, 6'5", 220 pounds, according to MLB.com. He was born in 2002. That's right, 2002. It's crazy to me that a 19-year-old put up those kind of numbers in the professional baseball season. He was a first-round pick in 2020. There's a reason the Cardinals used their first-round pick on a high school kid. He... That's not something the Cardinals have been known to do. This is not something that they're used to doing. They're usually picking the proven college guys that, that have played for a couple of years. Uh, but they, 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 they took a gamble on Jordan Walker. And so far, one season, I get it, one season, I understand that. But after one season, Jordan Walker has incredibly impressed and has shown tremendous upside. Tremendous upside. He could be the real deal. According to MLB.com, there are two prospects ahead of him. One of them I've already talked about, Nolan Gorman. The other one, Matthew Liebertor, that we knows a lot about. Beyond him, the, the, the top 10 for the St. Louis Cardinals still remains widely unchanged, according to MLB.com. Tink Hens is number 10. Malcolm Nunez is number 9. Zach Thompson at number 8. Ivan Herrera at number 7. Michael McGreevy at number 6. Uh, Michael McGreevy was drafted in 2021. He was this year's first-round draft pick. Joshua Baez is an outfielder. Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, Matthew Liebertor, and Nolan Gorman. That's 10-1. to 1. Cardinals' prospect is a little thin after the Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt trades over the last couple of years, but still at the top, extremely dominant. And when you look at the top two, according to MLB.com, the top two are, as I said, Nolan Gorman, number one, Matthew Liebertor, number two. These are two guys that, in my opinion, could make a real difference in 2022 in this very upcoming season especially when you look at Nolan Gorman. Matthew Libertor might not be an uh, opening day call-up. He could be a, a late mid, a mid-season or a late-season call-up. But Nolan Gorman is somebody that especially, especially if there is a DH, is somebody that the Cardinals should consider having on their opening day roster. 
they should highly consider it, especially if they don't go out and get a DH. They don't go out and get uh, a Kyle Schwarber or a Jock Peterson or somebody of that nature, a left-handed DH, because Nolan Gorman is what the Cardinals, in a lot of different ways, have been looking for, a left-handed power bat. This lineup, while I think it is very solid, is right-handed heavy. You've got, we'll just go around the infield, Yachty, right-handed. Goldschmidt, right-handed. Tommy Edmond, yes, switch hitter, granted. Paul DeYoung, right-handed. Nolan Arenado, right-handed. O'Neill, Bader, right-handed. And Carlson, switch hitter. So, if you have those starting nine out there, and again, they could make some changes on the infield. They could sign some players. I understand that. But you have no true left-handed batters, and I think that it's important to have balance in a lineup. And Nolan Gorman not only just brings a left-handed batter just to have a left-handed batter, but Nolan Gorman is a power left-handed bat. This dude can slug with the best of them, and he has shown that while he gets off to slow starts when he first gets called up to the levels, he ends up figuring it out. We saw that this season at the AAA level. The end lines were great. They were His first week was really bad. But Nolan Gorman is somebody that when he first gets called up, he might be overmatched. He might be overpowered. You might see him struggle when he first started. We also saw Dylan Carlson struggle when he first started, and he was just third in the Rookie of the Year voting. These guys need time. And again, Dylan Carlson might struggle again this year, but figure it out next year. It's okay. These guys need time. But Nolan Gorman, I think, is a realistic, that's right, a realistic option at the DH for the St. Louis Cardinals in 2022. He is somebody that can make an impact in 2022, this very next season. Somebody that we've been talking about that has light tower power, that is incredible, that, that can do all the, that can hit bombs and they'll be great for the future. Now is a realistic option, in my opinion, for 2022. Would I like to see the Cardinals go after and, and sign a, a Kyle Schwarber, sign a DH? Maybe. I think that's a great discussion to have. But I also think that there's a large part of me and a large portion of, of other people as well that believe Nolan Gorman is or at least will be ready to make an impact in 2022, which, hard to believe, is the calendar year is only two weeks away, two weeks and two days. That's a crazy sidebar that I won't get into because that'll take up too much of my time because part of me is still processing 2020, and yet 2022 is in two and a half weeks. Anyways, Nolan Gorman, you know, his ET, I think he's going to make his major league debut in 2022. I think that's fair. That's a fair bet. And also, I think at least at bare minimum, you have to acknowledge the fact that Nolan Gorman is a possibility to replace an injured Nolan Arenado, replace an injured Tommy Ebbett. He should be the next man up when you're looking at second baseman and third baseman. He just should be. He has to be. Nolan Gorman is ready. He is there. He is that close. He can make an impact. When you look at Matthew Liebertor making an impact in 2022, I don't think that is so far out of the question either. Again, at the start, you've, you've got five starters right now in Wainwright, Flaherty, Matz, Michaelis, and Hudson. But maybe one of those guys goes down with an injury. Or maybe a bullpen guy goes down with an injury and you want Liebertor to get some major league innings. Matthew Liebertor did struggle a little bit when, when you look at his 2021 AAA numbers. I understand that. Um, at, at the AAA level this season, um, he, he had a 404 ERA. He was nine and nine, uh, 22 games, 18 of them started, 124 innings. Opponent batting average of 257, a WHIP of 1.25. Definitely some room for improvement and a lot to be desired. But there are some starts where he was just flat out dominant. His 
slider is really top-notch. His curveball is graded incredibly well. He's, I think we are likely to see Matthew Libertor called up later in the season. Zach Thompson is also a starter that could be ready to, to make a call-up. I think Zach Thompson could be a little bit more likely to be called up um, out of out of the gate or first man up in terms of, of a starter injury to the starting rotation. Um, Zach Thompson had a really bad 2021 season, um, but a solid 2019 season, so you just got to balance that. Both these guys could make an impact in 2022. Those are not the only guys that can make an impact, but I think those three, particularly those two, and Gorman and Librator, those two are going to make impacts in 2022. That's, that's a solid bet, in my opinion. Uh, so that, that's the prospect chalk for the day. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts or opinions, be sure to let me know in the YouTube comments section. Reply to a tweet, DM, at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Uh, but that's going to do it for the prospect talk. Take one more break. We'll talk about Mike Schilt and his new job, um, as well as a couple other thoughts on the, the lockout and things of that nature coming up here in just a moment. Bet Online has you covered for everything you need to make money. Because this season, they have more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. Football season is rolling to the playoffs. Bull season is right around the corner. Bet Online is your number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can head over to the new updated site and mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's right, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON, L O C K E D O N, and you will receive that 50% welcome bonus. Whether it's basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, or your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of the Amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. Former Cardinal manager Mike Schilt has a um, new job, uh, according to multiple uh, reports. Uh, Mike Schilt um, is being was interviewed by, by by the Padres. He was interviewed for, for a manager job. Um, however, he is going to get a, a new job um, that will be working more at a front office level. Um, it could just be a one year stop, but according to, to Bob Nightingale of US Today, um, he is going to take a job working in the commissioner's office for on-field operations department, working under senior vice president and former Miami Marlins general manager, Michael Hill. Um, th- th- there's an article on, on fan cited by Robert Murray of Redbird Rants uh, that uh, information came from, so credit, credit to that, uh, reporting by Robert Murray. But I, I agree with his sentiment that this could just be a, a one-year stop for Mike Schilt. I think that Mike Schilt is... I don't know. Part of me just thinks he's too much of a baseball guy to um, to not be on the field managing uh, each day. And who, who knows what managerial openings come next season. But I do think that Mike Schilt will find his way back to a manager's position. Uh, let me know what you thought of Mike Schilt. Let me know what you, th- you think of Mike Schilt and what that position could be good for baseball. He's a baseball guy. There's no question about that. Um, I talked about his his firing on recent or past episodes. I guess they're not recent at this point. Uh, so if you want my thoughts, more thoughts on that, you head over to those episodes. But um, I've always been a Mike Schilt defender, as I gave you the spark notes of them. Uh, but I I comprehended the reasoning behind Mike Schilt's firing. Agreed, disagree with it. That, that's a little bit of a different question. Uh, but Mike Schilt getting a new job, and it, it's good that he has a job because he knows what he's doing. He, he's a, he knows what how to 
win baseball games. Won a lot of them. Uh, didn't win the ones that didn't win all of the ones that he wanted to. You know, falling short in 2019, uh, 20 and 21, just a little bit. But he, he won a lot of baseball games. So. Uh, Congratulations to Mike Schilt on that new job at the commissioner's office, and hopefully he can do some good for the game uh, once this lockout is over. This lockout, like I said, I don't think I've said it multiple times. I don't see it ending anytime soon, uh, but hopefully it, it it is over so that we have no delay to the 2022 baseball season. Uh, if you missed yesterday's episode, be sure to head over to your favorite podcasting platform or head over to YouTube talking about a possible Joe Kelly, Kelly reunion, what the Cardinals should do immediately after the lockout is over. And hopefully that lockout is over soon. That was do it for today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. Again, follow me on Twitter if you haven't already, at LJ Fastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And be sure to email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. Until I talk to you guys next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.